0: Pastor Chooks Ogoye is the Senior Pastor of Resurrection Life Church Johannesburg. Pastor Chooks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs, Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoye.
1: Hi, good evening. Welcome to another edition of our online masterclass: Understanding the Goodness of God. My name is Chooks Ogoye. Tonight is episode number seventy-three. Uh, we have been sharing on the goodness of God. Our uh, God is an absolutely good god and and I know that He wants humanity. He wants all of seven point eight billion people to know how good He is, how good He is to heal, how good he is to lift up, how good he is to fix that which is broken, how good he is when it comes to getting things that we have lost to restore the things we have lost, the things that the enemy has touched and 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 one of the things that I, I want us to focus on today is, um, how good God is when it comes to, uh, our mistakes. Now, now we started yesterday talking about, you know, God is good even when we make mistakes. So today I, I want you to realize that God will never cite the devil to accuse you. Let me say that again. God will never cite the devil to accuse you. When you have done something wrong, hear me, you are still his child. So God never at any time becomes a teammate with the devil to harass his children. It doesn't matter what you have done. Jesus, when this woman who was caught in the act of adultery was brought to Jesus, Jesus did not side with the accusers. And, and, and the accusers are on the same side with the devil. So, so we want to investigate that tonight. That God does not side with the devil to accuse you. God does not side with the devil to beat you up. Never. If you make a mistake, you are still God's child. God is still on your side. Remember that God is faithful. God is also loyal. So, so he keeps you on his side. I want us to get to the service and, and hear the, the unpacking of these truths that I have just shared. I'll be back at the end of that message. Let me say to you, God will never side the devil or be involved in the devil's ministry. Never. So if Satan is is dealing with you because of something that you did and you're feeling miserable, please understand it's not God. Unfortunately, many people who do not know God allow Satan to talk them out of the program and the plan of God for their lives. Many years ago, when I first started pastoring, I led a brother to the Lord and he started coming to church and I was so excited, you know, seeing him church every Sunday and he was coming and he was coming and he was coming. Then, you know, all of a sudden I didn't see him two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. I didn't see him. And then I ran into him in this, on the streets somewhere and I greeted him, you know, I said, you know, why haven't you been coming? I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks now. He said, pastor. This was 1995. He said, Pastor, I I disappointed God. And I I I messed up. And this is what he said. I didn't want to annoy God by coming to church. So I messed up. So I, 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 I felt like if I come to church, I'm Gonna annoy God, and you know, I don't want his trouble, so I let me stay away from him because I messed up. And then I realized this brother is suffering from accusation, and it's Satan telling him, and he thinks it's God. Satan said to him, Don't go near church, God is a consuming fire, He is going to consume you. So don't go, don't go, don't if you go to church, you're gonna annoy Him. So just stay away, stay where you are, He will not see you where you are. Can you imagine? Don't irritate him by coming to his presence. That's a lie of the devil. And there are many people who have believed that lie. They did something, they fell, and they ran away from church. I know what I'm talking about. There are people who are not in church this morning because they have gotten themselves into nonsense and they feel condemned and they run away. If if their religious sense is still there, Satan says, go to another church. At least they don't know you there. At least Pastor Chooks will not be seeing you there. Just go. So they changed church. Because Satan told them, No, you can't go to that church anymore. They know your secrets. They know what you did. The devil is a liar. Amen. And people have been tricked out of their destiny. People have been tricked out of the program of God for their lives. Because they didn't know the true nature of God. God does not do the ministry of accusation. Can I get an amen? So what does God do? When they brought this woman to Jesus and they brought this accusation, Jesus began to write on the ground. What was God doing? God was trying to figure out exactly how to get this woman out of this trouble. There are two things that she's dealing with here. The the, the accuser said, The law of Moses said this woman should be killed. She'll be stoned to death. Sin has consequences. Make no mistake about it. I've said that sin does what? Have consequences. It's not God. It's sin. Sin has consequences. So the consequence of this woman's sin is that she will be faced with imminent death. Capital punishment. She's going to be died by stoning. And dying by stoning is different from dying by hanging. It's a very painful way to die. Hallelujah. Because when they want to stone you, imagine, in my foolishness, in my youth, I've been part of a mob that beat a thief. I remember when I was in university, I think it was in first year, somebody came to steal. You know, you spread your clothes, you go to classes, by the time you come back, your clothes are gone. And I remember losing all my clothes once. I washed, I came back, put it in the line, went to for lectures. By the time I came back, all of them gone. So, in a week or two, they caught one guy who came to steal. He comes with a traveling bag and comes on the line. When everyone has gone for lectures, hostel is empty, he starts taking things. And people think, when you see him take, you think he's a student. But he's a thief. And unfortunately, they say every day is for the thief. One day. For the owner of the house, they caught him, and mob justice, child. all of us that had lost things it was an opportunity. We beat that guy. <sighs> anything you found you, you, you finished it on him. Sticks, rod, make anything you found, you finished it on him. It was God that saved that guy from being lynched. In fact, they wanted to kill him. The beating blood was coming out everywhere. I was part of it. I beat him. And I remember after beating him, I hit him with one big stick like this. It all went, whoa! And his head blew. And my body felt cold. I uh, I felt bad. But I justified it within me. He stole my things. If he didn't, please. His brothers that stole it. They all come from the same place. But the point I'm making is, it's a terrible way for somebody to die. With stones. So, they presented the punishment for the sin. If Jesus was part of the system, which is the system of the law, Jesus is supposed to be one of the people to carry stone. To stone this woman. But Jesus would not take a stone. He tells us something about God. God does not take a stone to inflict punishment for sin. Please understand that. God does not take participate in a punishment for sin. Any way you hear him preach is a lie. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a lie. If Jesus... Because Jesus is God. Jesus is the representation of God. If God punishes sin, Jesus would have been one of the people carrying stones. But he did not. He bent down and were writing on the floor because he was thinking, How do we get this woman out? Because that's God's attitude. Whenever we fall into sin, we make a mistake. One of God's responses, not only that he doesn't join the accusation, he doesn't support the accuser. Next is God gets involved in trying to remedy the situation. Isn't that what happened when Adam found himself naked? God shows up. Bible says they heard the footsteps of God and they ran away. And God started calling, Adam, Adam, where are you? He's calling out to the one that he loves. The scripture we read in the book of Psalms, chapter 8, he said, what is man that you are so mindful of him? God so loves you so much that when he comes looking for you, In the frequency of the spirit where you're supposed to be and he doesn't find you, it troubles him. It bothers him. Amen. So he was looking for Adam. And then Adam said, I heard your voice and I ran away. I was afraid and I was hiding. And God says, did you do what I said you should not do? But did you notice the next thing God did? God realized that they were naked and they were covering themselves with fig leaves. God went immediately. To show something more durable. To cover them. The consequence of your sin. is not me that caused it. You disobey. The consequence of your sin is on you. But can you notice that God gets involved. To try to ameliorate. The consequence of sin. To try to soften it. That's God. The goodness of God towards you. So when you make a mistake. He goes immediately to try to find a way. To soften the punishment for your sin to soften the consequence of your sin the consequence of a mistake that's God's nature he doesn't participate in punishing you instead he goes to find a solution how do I get you out of where you have put yourself hallelujah so they started bothering Jesus and bothering him and bothering him so Jesus got wisdom Because they were trying to trap him. So he said, okay, it's fine. Any of you that has not sinned, throw the first stone. And then that's all he said. And he bent down again. And refused to watch them do whatever they want to do. He was writing on the floor. He knew that none of them could be able to throw a stone. He was writing on the floor, writing on the floor, writing on the floor. I don't know how long he wrote on the floor. I don't know what he was writing on the floor. I have some suspicion of what he was writing on the floor. But we'll leave that in the realm of of speculation. I feel like he's writing the name of the man. Who was. And where they were doing what they were doing. He was writing the address on the floor. And he was writing the sins of everybody there on the floor. When they read what... Bible says, every one of them dropped their stones one by one. Starting from the eldest... Because the eldest is the most sinful. Hallelujah. Starting from the eldest, they all dropped their stones and walked away. After a couple of minutes, Jesus lifted up his head and asked the woman, where are your accusers? Where are they? Next point. God tries to deal with your accusers. God tries to deal with the voice of accusation when you have done wrong. You need to participate and agree with God. But God tries to silence the accusation. This is the reason why you should not run away from church and run away from the word of God when you have done something wrong. That's when you should read your Bible. They say this book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you away from this book. That's the truth. The reason being that Satan does not want you to read this book when you have sinned. Because this book will silence the voice of the accuser. So Satan will keep you away from anything that will silence the voice of the accuser. Please understand it. God does not accuse. Next, God tries to silence accusers. He tries to silence the voice that you are hearing in your head. Do you know why people kill themselves after they make mistakes? It's because Satan just gets on their case and tells them that you cannot be forgiven. What you've done is so bad you're never going to come out of this and people kill themselves. The difference between Judas and Peter they both deny Jesus. The difference between Judas and Peter was the ministry of the accuser. The ministry of the accuser was so strong in Judas's head, Judas couldn't take it anymore. Because Satan told him, look at what you did. Satan said to him, you're never going to be forgiven. How are you going to live again? See what you did. The accusation was so strong, the Bible said Judas went and took his own life. I'm coming to Peter later on. So, Jesus decided when the woman answer, the accusers are gone. Jesus says, neither do I accuse you. I'm not part of that accusation. I don't accuse you, and I don't condemn you. Really? How can Jesus say, I don't condemn you? One would have thought that Jesus will condemn her. Jesus said, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you does not mean I condone what you did. But I am not condemning you. What's the lesson there? God does not condemn us for our sin. Hallelujah. God does not condemn us for our sin. Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I want to show you something in 1 John chapter 3. In 1 John chapter 3. uh, The Lord will help me this morning. First John chapter three. the Bible says in verse 20, he says, "For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. So your heart can condemn you. Why does our heart condemn us? He says, God is greater than our heart. So God is not your heart. Let me explain it to you. And you need to get this. Our heart can condemn us when we've done wrong. But that's not God. Let me tell you what it is. We all have by birth a twisted image of God. Hardwired in us. So that condemnation you feel for what you did is your heart. It's not God. God is greater than your hearts, So you need to learn to deal with your heart. Your heart is condemning you out of habits. Your heart is condemning you out of what? Habit is formed from a wrong image of God. God does not condemn us. Amen. So when Jesus said to that woman, Neither do I condemn you. That's exactly God's position regarding sin. Neither do I condemn you. Then he goes on. Look at, let me finish that scripture. Next, he says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. So you need to deal with your hearts. Because what the enemy is doing to condemn you is to cause you to lose confidence with God. And if you don't have confidence with God, you can't get anything from Him. Remember, the Bible says, it's impossible. To please God with our faith. So when your confidence is eroded. You can't receive anything. Scripture says come before the throne of grace. With what? Boldness. I need boldness to collect and receive anything from God. So Satan will walk with your own renewed hearts. To rob you of confidence. To stand before God. To receive anything. There are many of us who have been stuck in a dark place. For so long. Because your heart has been so um, um, deprived of confidence. Because of something that you did. Because of a mistake that you made. Satan has kept you in a dark place. And you don't have confidence to approach God. You don't have confidence to come back. And the enemy wants to keep it that way. But Bible says, if we can deal with our heart. So what are you supposed to do? You are supposed to take the knowledge of this message. And tell your heart, shut up! I am forgiven. Do you know there are people who have done things, they've told God, I'm sorry for what I did, but their heart will not let them be. And they are living in this condemnation. I don't know who you are. You may have made a mistake, and it may have been terrible, and maybe people have died. I don't care what it is. If you have asked God for forgiveness once, He forgave you. You need to deal with your heart. Amen. You need to take God's word and let your heart know I am forgiven. This thing is not of God. This accusation, this condemnation, is not of God. Condemnation will rob you of confidence to stand before the Father. But that's what the enemy wants to do: use condemnation to rob you of confidence. That, that devil is a liar. Hallelujah! All right, let's let's go quickly. You see, Jesus. Release this woman he said. neither do I condemn you. So if there was any condemnation she was feeling, Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Look at the next thing he said. Go and sin no more. That statement there is an empowerment. That statement there is an empowerment. He empowered him. Remember, this is the master speaking. When the master speaks, creative force comes out of his mouth. So when he says, go and sin no more, he released the power and immunity against sin to her. Meaning that she's going to go from Jesus with an enablement to say no to sin tomorrow. That's what God does. God wants to empower you to rise above sin. God wants to empower you to rise above mistakes. Did you notice that what Jesus did for this woman, not only that Jesus released her from the guilt... Jesus also saved her from the punishment of her sin. Did you notice? Jesus saved her from the punishment for her sin. The consequence of her sin, which was supposed to be what? Death. Jesus saved her from it. I'm saying to you this morning, that's what God does. God saves you from the consequences of your sin. God wants to deal with it. In fact, not just that he releases you from the consequences of your sin. Wait for this. God becomes part of the solution for the consequence of your sin. For Adam and for the rest of humanity, God had to come and die. As a man to save man from what he did. Please understand that God will do anything that he needs to do to get you out. Can I say it in another way? He's already done it. He's already gone to the cross and died for that sin. In other words, he took that sin upon himself. He took on the sin. Remember that Jesus went to cross and went to hell, not just for you. He went to to the cross and went to hell as you. He went to hell as you. So he took your place and went to hell And suffered for the punishment. Of everything that you have done. That's a releasing truth. Hallelujah. That's a releasing truth. To know that he has paid the price. So if he's paid the price. You don't have to pay the price. You don't have to beat yourself in the head. You don't have to go through it again. Well thank you so much for. Joining me in the auditorium. As we learned. Those things that the Lord has just shared with us tonight. You know. God has taken the punishment for all our sins through his son, Jesus. That's how much he loves us. That's how awesomely good he is. He has taken the punishment for all our mistakes. Every mistake you could ever make, you have made or you will make, God has taken the punishment for those mistakes. Meaning that if you understand the message that was shared tonight, you can reach out by faith and receive the blessing that has come as a result of Jesus taking the punishment. In other words, because the punishment has been taken by him, you don't have to be punished again. And it doesn't matter what it is. Maybe, you know, you, 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 you made a bad business investment. You made a bad business decision. You made a bad relationship decision. And these are mistakes. The consequences of those mistakes has already been taken on by Jesus. In other words, you don't have to take it. You don't have to suffer again. You don't have to. So you, you can reach out and receive the forgiveness of God. You can reach out and receive the blessings that has come. Because God knows how to turn your mistakes into miracles. He knows how to turn your mistakes into miracles. So, the devil has no basis to afflict you. Has no basis to attack you. And if you know this truth, you can take your position and challenge the devil and tell the devil where to get off. Hallelujah. You see, the problem is that because we are weak, In faith, we are weak in standing with the truth. We allow the devil to beat us. But you can, you know, you can rise up from where you have fallen and tell the devil to get out. Remember that God is the one who gives us beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. Beauty is coming from your ashes. The oil of joy is coming from the place where you are mourning. Stop mourning that he has given you the oil of joy for in the place of mourning. He has given you dancing. Instead of the spirit of heaviness. So I want us to reach out to the Lord and receive. And receive. Hallelujah. The the blessing that he has given to us by taking on the punishment. So punishment has been taken care of by Jesus. Blessing accrues to me and you. Blessing accrues to me and you. So for our mistakes... He is turning them for miracles. Every mistake in your life, I prophesy today, it's turning into a miracle for you in the name of Jesus. I said, every mistake you have made, the miracle that has come to you because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, that that mistake is turning in for your own good. God works all things together for your good. So that mistake is producing a lifting for you. Hallelujah. I said, that mistake is producing a lifting for you in the name of Jesus. Well, thank you so much. Uh, For that word, uh, for being with me tonight, uh, to receive that word. This is one of those messages you need to listen to over and over again. Hallelujah. If you would like us to pray with you, um, 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 you know, agree with you on anything, please reach out to us on the number that is on the screen, plus plus two seven eight one four two one zero eight three five plus two seven eight one four two one zero eight three five. I will be happy to, to reach out to you. Now, if you are somewhere there and you haven't given your life to Jesus, tonight is a good opportunity to do so. Tonight is a good opportunity to make peace with God and say, Lord, I receive forgiveness for my mistakes. I receive forgiveness for my sins. I receive your mercy that your goodness has extended to me for the things that I have done wrong, for the bad, terrible things that I have done. Who are you tonight? I want to pray with you, and I want to I want to give you the opportunity to, to make peace with your God. So would you pray this prayer after me, say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Father, tonight I receive forgiveness for my sins, for my mistakes. I receive the blessing that you have made available to me in the place of my mistakes. I thank you that there are miracles coming to me. Because you have taken my punishment. You have taken the, the mistakes that I made and paid for them. So all that is left for me right now is to receive miracles out of those mistakes. And I receive them in the name of Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for bringing me into your family. I declare that I am born again. I declare that I am today a child of God. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you pray that prayer with your heart, um, we are happy for you. We celebrate with you. Please send us a message on our WhatsApp number plus 2781 so that we can send you material that can help you walk the Christian, the, the, the Christian race, the Christian journey. And let's see how we can work with you and help you become an established follower of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We continue this broadcast tomorrow. As we trust the grace of God to unpack more of the goodness of God towards us. Amen. Good night. God bless.
0: There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase. You are looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website.reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.